When it comes to improper payments, few agencies can hold a candle to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Medicaid alone accounted for more than a quarter of government-wide improper payments last year at $40 billion. And the program has been on the Government Accountability Office's high-risk list since 2003 for inadequate fiscal oversight. Medicare has been on the list even longer since 1990, also because of improper payments. But CMS shared some good news recently about its detection of improper payments. Federal News Network's Amelia Brust has more. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is one of the biggest culprits of improper payments in the federal government. But on Friday, Administrator Seema Verma announced the agency has reduced improper payments to some of their lowest points in eight years. Medicare fee-for-service improper payments are now at 8.12 percent versus 9.51 percent in 2017. The agency has also cut improper payments across the board for Medicare, Medicaid, and the Children's Health Insurance Program, also known as CHIP. It's a long time coming for the agency, which has been on the Government Accountability Office's high-risk list for decades due to financial oversight issues and improper payments. But why do these payments occur, and why is CMS in particular so susceptible? It's not an easy question to answer, according to Deloitte's Dave Mater, a former controller of the Office of Management and Budget. I think it really um, depends on the kind of program that you're you're addressing. Um, I think in the case of CMS, where you know this is a federal program that's executed uh, at the state level, uh, working with the different states. Um, I think makes it um, more challenging uh, than a particular program, let's say that's a direct payment from a federal agency um, to a recipient. The fact that you have, you know, different states who are administering the program, you have different um, programs um, operating at, at the state level that vary. So I think CMS in particular has done an excellent job of reaching out to the states. CMS you know, has for a number of years operated a Medicaid Integrity Institute that provides training and technical assistance to the state Medicaid program integrity employees. So what they try to do is, even though each state, you know, is operating independently, what they're doing through their program integrity um, institute is ensuring that, that the proper instructions, the proper training, best case applications are applied, you know, across the different states that are executing those programs. Mater co-authored a report issued last week that ranks insufficient documentation as the number one cause for improper payments government-wide in fiscal 2017. Following in second and third place are an inability to authenticate eligibility and administrative or processing errors made at the state or local level. Linda Miller, a director in Grant Thornton's public sector fraud risk assessment practice and a veteran of forensic audits and investigative service at GAO, said plenty of unpredictable variables come along with Medicare and Medicaid payments. First of all, it's a huge program, right? Medicare and Medicaid are massive government benefit programs. Um, And so, number one, there's just a, a lot of dollars going out the door. And so any program that's the size of CMS is going to have, by definition, more errors because there's more bills, more opportunity for people to steal money because there's more money to be stolen. Um, and so I, it, the sheer size of it is probably the number one reason why CMS has an ongoing problem with uh, improper payments. And then I think um, 
you know, certain types of payments, so medical payments in particular, it's pretty hard to, it's hard to find out when you're being overbilled by something. Really, the only way to know that a doctor is overbilling or provider is overbilling is to be able to go and find out whether the patient's medical history supports whatever the bill in question uh, is, is for. And that, that's difficult to ca- You have to go back and really look at that patient's medical history to verify that the bill was correct. Uh, one way that medical insurance companies, whether it's Medicare or private insurers, try to mitigate fraud and improper payments or overpayments by providers is by sending patients these uh, explanation of benefits um, letters, which we've all received, I'm sure, you know, and you get that in the mail. The idea is that's supposed to be a control. So you as a patient are supposed to open up that letter and look at it and say, huh, my doctor billed for, you know, two MRIs. I didn't, I only had one or my doctor billed for this. That doesn't, that didn't happen. Now, in reality, I think few people actually really scrutinize those explanation of benefits very thoroughly, if at all. And then two, because doctors use various codes, there's not really a way for the patient to know if the doctor's coat is billing for, say, a much more expensive blood test. But the patient knows that the doctor took their blood. So they go, yep, that looks right. But if the doctor billed for a code for a blood test that was four times as expensive as the blood test the doctor actually ordered, there's no way the patient's going to know that. And so for that reason, Medicare fraud is easier to get away with than some other types of benefits fraud because it does require an awful lot of due diligence. Dave Mader says he has seen progress among agencies when it comes to identifying the causes of improper payments, as well as having a greater insight into the issue. I I think that actually it goes back to the two and a half years that I spent in the Obama administration at OMB where I had responsibility for trying to work with the uh, various agencies in reducing improper payments. We put in place at the time some additional requirements where agencies would look to identify the root causes of their improper payments, either um, at state level or, you know, direct federal payments. That program um, continues to operate in the current administration, and they have now, I think, uh, in many, many agencies, been able to identify in a particular program what exactly is driving the improper payment rate, whether it's an actual loss to the government or it was an, an improper completion of a form, but the individual was indeed entitled to the payment in the in the amount that was provided. So agencies now have much deeper insight into the kinds of techniques and outreaches that they want to make either to states or within their own departments on how to mitigate the improper payments. Linda Miller says the focus on tracking and reporting improper payments has taken attention away from more prevention measures that could stop improper payments to begin with. She says it's important for federal agencies to consider using data analytics for this reason. But Miller said it's important that agencies and oversight bodies, such as Congress, not get carried away by falling rates of improper payments. Sometimes there's this desire to get the improper payment numbers down because when the improper payment numbers are up, then people are, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny and maybe you'll get called up on the Hill and, you know, Congress and and um, the various oversight bodies will, you know, ding the agency for having been done something wrong. But it's important when you're thinking about fraud and improper payments to know that sometimes you have to, finding more is a good thing. Sometimes 
those numbers going up means you're doing a better job of identifying them. And understanding the scope of the problem is the first step. Amelia Brust, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.